Welcome to the bookshelf at the end of the universe. I'm your host, Elliot, and on the other microphone is my dad, Cody. Hello. Today we are talking about Sword Art Online by Reki Kawahara, not the anime or the books or the movies or the games. We're talking about the book series, which came first. The novel series. So, uh, before we start, I do want to say that we did miss last week. We didn't forget about it. I was not feeling well. And yeah, we so apologize. we couldn't record and upload and all that. So, we're back. Hopefully back on schedule. Um, so, yeah, today we're talking about Sword Art Online. Book one. Book one. Of now, again, to clarify, years. there is... There is a novel version, yes. which is what you're talking about today. There's a manga version. And there's too much for me to even and read. And there's an anime. And a video game. And a video series. game. Okay. So it's a lot. It's a big multimedia franchise sort of thing. I am not familiar with this at all. Um, as far as I know, it's about cool pictures of swords that are online. No, it's not. Well, that's not, what it sounds like it's about. So that's it, what it I'm does. assuming it's about. So uh, when was the book published? Uh, the book was published in 2009. So it's been around for a minute. Okay. Yeah. So now I know you mentioned the book came first. Yes. What was after that? Was it the, the manga or the anime? Um, they made then the author made the second book of the series, and if I'm correct, I think he helped with the anime to like get his vision set up. And I just want to point out really fast the illustrator Abek. Um, he did, he or she, I couldn't find much information about this illustrator. They did a wonderful job illustrating it. Like, it looks like it was straight from a manga. Cool. Do you know if it's the same illustrator that did the manga? Yes, it is. I think it is. I think it is. I'm not sure. There's different So, um, genre-wise, where would you say this lands? Sci-fi. Sci-fi? Yeah. Why? Uh, you'll see why once we get to the whole plot section. Okay, that's fair. Um, so is there any, given that the, I mean, the title is Sword Art Online, what, um, are there any kind of content warnings that people need to be yeah, aware of? Yeah, there's, in? the entire plot is itself is sort of a content warning. Okay. Death, um, and that ties a little bit to the plot, and then there's language in it. Okay, so... Maybe this one is for the older, some of the older listeners. Well, like, it even comes with an age rating on here. Okay. So parents, make sure you check on that and make sure it's, you know, okay f- yeah. by you before you let your kids read it. And um, I even recommend you read it just to make sure it's okay. Because I think even if you, even if you might not give it to your kids, I think it's still a wonderful experience to read. Okay. There you go. So... Tell us, do you know anything about the author? Did you get to do a uh, research? Yes, I didn't find much information, though. Okay, what did you find? Uh, Reki Kawahara is a Japanese light novel author, best known as the creator of Sword Art Online and the ACL world. Both have been adapted into anime. That's the only thing I could really find. Okay, now it, it referred to that as a light novel, correct? Yes, and I think the book itself was like 235 pages. Okay, so a light novel, just to kind of clarify, because I didn't know what this was either, is a, it's a style of young adult novel primarily targeting um, high school and middle school students. So, um, Also, it's, it's really short. They're not, yeah, they're not very long, and they're typically released in, um, in series. Um, yes. With, you know, a fair amount of time between them. Um, 
obviously it's more popular in Japan than it is here, but given how popular manga has gotten over the years, I wouldn't be surprised Ooh. if it kind of took off. Yeah, manga is you know, really popular here in America. So has this author written anything else? Yeah, he's written A Seal World, and that's the only one I'm familiar with. A, a Cell. A Cell. A Cell, A-C-C-E-L World. I thought it was a seal. Okay. Oh, my bad. Um, cool. Sorry, I mispronounced so, the book, Lucky. Oh, Sorry. So um, let's kind of get into... Um, I mean, well, let me back up. Did this win any awards or not that I could find? Okay, because um, if I tried searching it up, I would get the anime results. So it's fair to say the anime is probably a little bit more popular. Well, I don't. I think a little bit is more of an understatement. How, okay, I uh, it's really popular. Okay, I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Um, yeah. I'm not in. I'm not in school like you, and I so I don't keep up with all that. Yeah, it's it's okay. Not working in a in a bookstore anymore kind of keeps me away from that. Yeah. Um. So I guess go ahead and kind of lay out what it's about. Okay. In general. So gamers rejoice as a new VR MMO RPG, aka a virtual reality, massively multi, massive multiplayer online role playing game gets released called Sword Art Online. Played on the Nerve Gear, a system where you can feel everything. Like, you can feel pain. You can feel how the food tastes. And, but a dark secret is in there. Die in the game, die in real life. You can't log out. Okay, so, um, I mean, that, that sounds interesting. So, it's basically a, a fully, wholly immersive game. Yes. Where... I guess it kind of goes beyond even being a game at that point because it, you're... They even mention it a lot, like, this is not a game, this is a reality. Okay, so that, okay, that's interesting. So that's, I think, plays more into what is more, kind of a more recent phenomenon called uh, alternate reality game, where it's, it is an immersive thing that takes place in, like, in the real world, but it kind of sets you into a different world at the same time. There's different media that has that has done this over time. Like Pokemon Go? Maybe? Pokemon Go, kind of. That's a very, like, that'd be very generous to call that an alternate reality game. Um, it basically, there's a lot of fiction about it too because it lends itself really well to thrillers and horror and stuff like that. So, but it's basically the idea that like, you know, you're, you're in the world, but you're also in this other world. Kind of like a, like, almost like live action role play, but, you, you at, the the idea is to really kind of blur the lines between the two, so it sounds like that's what it's about what it's yes, about. and it's not at all about going on the computer searching up sword art. I mean, I would that doesn't sound like a great book, so I'm glad it's not about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So who? Tell me about the main character. The main character is Kirito, a 14 year old, um, later 16 because they were stuck in. Einkrad, which I forgot to mention was the world they were stuck in, so my apologies for forgetting to mention that. Um, he is trapped in there, and he is a solo player. He was also a beta tester, so he knows some of the stuff, but people make fun of him and mock him and call him a beater, a combination of a beta tester and a cheater. And then he meets Asuna, a... Uh, the second in command of the Knights of the Blood Oath, a guild inside the game. 
and they I guess you could say they walk together to beat the hundredth floor and uh, yeah I'm I'm sorry this so is well no I'm, I'm okay so when you say they to beat the hundredth floor is so that that in my brain I'm now I'm kind of wondering because I want to talk a little bit more about the plot um yeah I'm is sorry. so is there like a defined way to win the game yes you beat the boss on you beat the boss the final boss okay um on the hundredth floor now has that happened has anybody beaten the boss yet i don't want to spoil it well no no, no. i'm talking about like when the book takes like at oh. the start of the book does it tell us at all, like, no, at the start of the book, one and they don't know what happened to them or something like that? No, at the start of the book, um, it's Kirito on the 74th floor, I think. And then they, like, backtrack to, like, a backstory. And then they go back to where he was. And then they just continue the story. Okay. So, um,. Is there, um, and obviously I don't want to spoil anything. So tell it, can, what can you tell us about, like, do they give us information about this, this bad guy, the, the, the BBEG that's at the end? No. No, it's not known until like. The, you don't need, they like, they don't even know who, like when they started the game, they didn't even know who like the second floor boss was since you had to find the boss's layer and then it. There's like a health bar that shows the name, and then you find out what it is. Okay, so what's the conflict then? Like, obviously, you have you know people trying to work their way up through the levels of, without, of the game without dying. Right? Is there is there a bad guy that's working against the main character? Um, there's a bad guy later on. It's not really a spoiler. But it's Asuna's bodyguard, Kuadil, who attempts to kill Kirito. Okay. Like, when I mean attempts to kill, like, pulls out a sword and, like, stabs him. Gotcha. But gotcha. luckily, Kirito doesn't die. So, my next question, and this is, I'm just thinking about this as like, approaching it from the outside. Yeah. So, you have this whole separate alternate world online where this whole thing takes place yeah obviously this is known to exist like the people in the real world know that this exists oh 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 my god i forgot to mention another thing if someone pulls off the nerf gear you also die and if there's a blackout for more than two hours you also die okay so well that okay that answers a question i would have asked later uh but my question was going to be like what's the regulation for this alternate is this something that like the government runs or a company runs a company. Okay, so it, and it's it's all you know above board. Like everybody knows it exists. It's not some shady underground. Yeah, they know like, it exists. Secret society kind of thing. Yeah, they know it exists, but they didn't know. They didn't know like the whole like. Oh, I'm sorry, you died. Well, goodbye. Say goodbye to your reality. Right. They spell out. You know, this is the the stakes that you're playing with, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't want to say that because I mean you wouldn't want the like. FBI like banging on you like FBI open up right um okay so does the um uh, does the the protagonist I'm and I, I'm sorry I forget his name Kirito Kirito does he have a like any allies that work with him he used to 
But remember, he is a solo player, so he doesn't really have any. Well, I mean, you, you can you can be a solo player, but still have. Yeah, help. he has he has help. Okay. Um, but you know, he used to be in a guild. It was called the Moonlit Black Cats, and they touch on this in the story on why Kirito refuses to join any guilds. It's because he sort of accidentally killed them all since they all fell. Uh, some of the members fell into a trapped room with a trapped chest, and all of them except Kirito died. And then the guild leader, um, once he heard that, he he didn't like being the only one left, so he jumped off Ironclad. Hmm. Well, that's a pretty bold decision. Um. Okay. So do you have? Did you? Did you? Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, plot-wise or character-wise, that, um, that you feel is is important to kind of sell people on, on like who's okay? Let me ask you this: Who's the coolest character? Ooh, that's hard. It's either Kirito or Klein, which Kirito walked with. Tell me about Klein. Klein, as Kirito describes him is like a man who looks like he's in his 30s and has like a, a beard that like like if you scratch like if you touched it, it would feel like scratchy and stuff and Kirito mentions like numerous times that he has an ugly bandana nice okay so those two you think are the the cool guys yeah okay so did you have any uh, quotes or specific lines that you wanted uh, to mention? The quote I was going to say, I mentioned earlier, this is not a game, it mm-hmm. is reality. I think, hold on, let me see if I'm correct. No. This might not be a game, but it's not, this might be a game, but it's not something you play. Okay. So, I'm I'm thinking, just from hearing your description of it, and and thinking about similar things that I'm I'm familiar with, uh, with that are also you know age appropriate. Yeah. Um. This this to me sounds like it would be, um, like if like a D and D game gone horribly wrong. Um, when he says horribly, he means horribly. I, I mean, well, yeah. Like, I think part of you know everyone loves the idea of 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 playing. I say everyone. Everyone who plays D and D likes the idea of you know getting into their character and, and into that world and and feeling like you're there. But I think that if you were really there and couldn't get out and any you know any action that led to your in-game death led to your real world death it i think it suddenly stops becoming fun at that point and it's just kind of a you know i gotta get out of here yeah kind of situation but it sounds like in this like that they're going into it with that like i want to do this kind of mentality all right yeah like, and they don't know that until it's too late they don't know that they that dying in game means they die yeah in the um and what's even worse about it is they get an item called the mirror. And they before they got on the Nerve Gear, they had to do this calibration thing where they had to, like, touch all of their body and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the Nerve Gear, like, perfectly recreated their body down to the, down to the fingerprints. Okay. So that part reminds me. There's a really old movie called, um, oh, God. Is it The Incredible Journey? Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now for some reason, but they uh, they they shrink down this group of scientists and they travel inside of a person's body, and they've done all they've riffed on it in all kinds of like Futurama and and The Simpsons have done 
um, spoofs on it and whatnot. But that that part right there reminds me of that. Um, okay, I mean, it sounds cool. It um, is. It's the way I describe it. It's not as cool as it actually is. Okay, so you're saying it. However cool you describe it, it's ten the times experience cooler. of it is actually better. It's a hundred okay. times cooler. Gotcha. Now let's talk about the adaptations. Um, I know you've watched the anime. Did you watch the full, like the whole series anime? Or? No, I got to. Epi- I watched the part where I saw it online, and then they had another game where it okay. was like Fairyland or something like that, or Attack of the Fairies or something like that, and it didn't seem. Like, it didn't grab my attention since in that game, if you died, you would just, like, respawn. Like, mm, so it doesn't have as high as stakes. And also, it just, like, it's like when, what you do with sequels. The first one's good, and then you make another one, and it's not that good. It's hard. Sequels are hard. Yeah. Um. So, well, and let's kind of back up here, because you told me right before we, we sat down to record that, that the book series, the novel series, there's what, 27, 27 of those books. And there's different story arcs. So like okay. the one I told you about, the fairy one, that's another story arc. And then there's one where... So the, it's not a continuing story. It's it's yeah the, small... The one that actually takes... Interconnected story. Yes, the one that actually takes place in Sword Art Online is just two volumes. Gotcha. So, okay, going back to the, the adaptation then, how... How well do you feel the show, the anime, stayed true to the book? I think it was. I think it was probably one of the best adaptations I've seen. Okay, why? Because it actually follows the book. It's not adding new scenes. They added scenes from the second uh, book, and then they added like maybe two episodes that didn't happen. Okay. Well, sometimes you you know we talked about this before when we talked about um, uh, Coraline. Yeah. Sometimes because you know TV and film and books are different mediums, you have to take things out or add things in to be able to explain it because you can't you know like in a book you can explain what a character's thinking. You can't have that necessarily in a movie or a TV show where the character is just standing there staring and someone's talking about they were the character was thinking at this time that he was going to go into the bookstore and sit down. Like you can't, you know, you have to find different ways to explain that action. Yeah. But you still need to stay true to the story. So you're saying that the the anime still stayed true to I think it's, the tone and the, yeah. and the storytelling. It okay. stayed pretty well. And then okay. there's a manga series. I don't want to know how long it is. I found them at the library. There's like maybe, I don't know, 20 mini series of it. So there's, okay. And then there's video games about it. It's so a I, lot. Maybe it's just a matter of, you know, you find the one that, you know, between the book and the manga, I think, you find the one that's easier for you to read and stick with that one because it you know the yeah. manga may stick pretty close to the book and it's maybe for some people it's easier and then the manga adds stuff that never happened okay and like I mean, that could be for the better or for the worse who knows yeah but um just watch the book read the book watch the tv show that's really all i recommend well, okay um now i'm you know i, I i'm trying to think still of any similar I mean, I can think of I th- I can think of one. similar things, but they're not you know appropriate for this this I, show. I can think of one. What? Ready Player One for like middle schoolers. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we'll touch on Ready Player One. I know. I think you wanted to talk about that one at some point too. Um. So, 
I think I want to take a you know just a minute because we're talking about the you know the the book to show to manga kind of connections here and and all that and there's been yeah. a lot recently where you know as we talked about a, a little earlier in the episode manga has become tremendously more popular here yeah. over the last while I remember when I used to work at Barnes and Noble this was before you were born um, like 2008 to 2012 is when I worked there. Um, that's when manga was really starting to take off. And I, I was, I watched it happen in the stores as the manga section grew from being just like one small shelf that had all the manga we had at the store to, I worked in the, in the music department, music and movies and stuff. And it was right behind my, my area. So I could watch it grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And it was wild seeing how far it's come. Um, oh, you, you should. You should revisit there. They have like maybe no, I know I've seen. They have like six shelves dedicated to manga. It's more than that, even. Um, but there's so many. There's there's a lot of cool manga out there that are now getting adapted, um, or have already been adapted and are now being readapted. The one that comes to mind is One Piece. Yes. Um, and that's one that that I'm reading. Elliot's reading. Uh, Elliot's mom is reading. Really um, good. It's very very good. So there's the manga that's existed for a while. And then there's an anime that has always has also existed, you know, alongside it. And I know the manga series are starting to wrap it up at this point, but now they're also doing a live action adaptation. What? Yeah, it's going to be on Netflix, I think. I'm not sure how I feel about it because I think that one really benefits from being animated. I haven't watched the anime yet, but I'm like just from reading it, I think it has a more, you know, cartoony style. And then trying to represent that, and, and doing a lot. I'm I'm worried that a lot of the the stuff that that uh, Luffy does, you know, the stretching and all the different ways he, you know, all the different gum gum stuff he does. I'm worried that that's not going to translate well in live action. To, like, use... It's going to look weird and awkward. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to imagine that. I, so I wanted to mention that because that's that's coming out, and I, I think at one point I would like to talk about One Piece, even if we're not done with it yet. I think it would be a good one. <sighs> I don't think we're ever going to uh, be done with it. I mean, I'm in the almost in the twenties. I'm in the twenties. Out of they're uh, they're over a hundred now. But, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, we're we're kind of veering off topic here. Yeah. So, I apologize. Um, so you recommended Ready Player One, and I know that's one that we'll talk about at some point in time. Um. So let's talk about our next book. Um. So our next book is going to be called Wild Wildwood, Wood. and this is by Colin Malloy. Now, if any adults are listening and that name sounds familiar, uh, Colin Malloy. Before he was a writer, he was, was in a band, right? He was, and I think still, I think they're still around. Is the uh, lead vocalist and guitar player for a band called the Decemberists, and they are a really, really cool band. I've been a huge fan of them for a long time. Um, they have, especially in like their early hour, earlier albums, are um, very. Um, they have a sort of like seagoing feel to them they sing a lot a lot of their songs have this kind of old-timey feel and not old-timey in like the medieval time idea but like more like 18 like victorian a very victorian feel Uh. they write songs about ancient mariners and there's a song called the chimbley sweep that's really good um but there there are these he has a very unique voice for a singer but it, it works perfectly for the music so go listen to their music go read the book i'm excited to read it it's like a mystery yeah, um, I started reading it. It's I know it's and I, it's one that I've had on my radar for a long time, and I just never got around to it. So now we're gonna get down to it. 
Um, so again, the book is called Wildwood. It's the first in a series. I know there's more than one. Yes. And we'll get into that more um, in a couple of weeks when we do that episode. But I'm looking forward to that one. So am I. You're, you've already started on it a little bit. but um, And I would like to point out that I got Sword Art Online from Half Price Books. So Half Price Books is great if you have them in your area. I know they're not everywhere in the U.S. Um, they're in a lot of states now. If you have one, they're great. You can get a lot of cool used books there. Um, and uh, for half price. Usually half the cover price, yeah. But otherwise, um, we will see everyone in a couple of weeks. Sorry for missing last week. And we will have another bonus episode next week. I don't know what we're going to do just yet, but we'll figure that out. Um, and otherwise, go get Wildwood and happy reading. I'm going to go put on the Nov gear. Oh, I, that might not be a good idea. Uh, I think I should get a refund, actually. Yeah, you might want to. We'll, we'll go drop that off. Uh, you know what? I'll just throw it in space. Space will crush it for me. Well, let's put Sword Art Online on the bookshelf, and we let's, will see everyone in a couple of weeks. And let's never touch the Nerve Gear again. Never touch the Nerve Gear again. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.